so yeah so i mean just to get a little backstory like a background um yeah so i grew up in staten island um staten island new york small island one of the five boroughs of the city everybody knows each other everybody does the same thing um yeah i grew up with that group of friends that i was just speaking about and we were uh we were like never the type that was going to like house parties and things like that we were like sports kids and you know good kids for the most part All right, so today's episode on the 38 Challenge podcast, we have my dude Frankie Dades on. Frankie is an, an hybrid athlete. Um, dare I call you an, an influencer on a on, on no. social media? <laughs> more of a uh, more of a uh, impactor, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm I'm playing, and um, man, you've had an impact on, on my life just through your content, right? On your um, the messages that you put out there on on consistency, um, on grit, on resiliency, on um, on keep going. When did all that? When did all that start, man? Um, I, I sh- it sure sure as hell wasn't something I I grew up with at all. Um, I would say I was I started with that mindset about at this point probably like five six years ago, like taking it like serious and uh it's just been compounding ever since so it wasn't something that i had my entire life and i'm sure we'll get into that but yeah hell yeah man um you know you talk a lot about stoicism or not you don't talk about stoicism you have this kind of stoic this kind of stoic mindset from from my perspective right and um you know very motivational intellectual you're very in, in touch with your thoughts and your feelings when do you write all this down like when do these thoughts come to you and how do you portray that to people yeah so that's actually i was actually just having a conversation about that um with a friend of mine everything that because i was actually he was asking me kind of a similar question and um everything that i write post about it usually it, it doesn't it's not something like i i have like i read and and like you know jot down notes it it, a lot of times it comes to me in random places it'll come to me a lot when i'm on a run um when i'm driving sometimes i'll listen to you know i I spend a lot of time when i'm driving listening to podcasts or uh people that you know motivate me or inspire me and their mindset will spark a thought in my head or i'll just see things that i observe on an everyday basis uh people that I interact with that I used to interact with and it just kind of comes to me or even I mean the most important is uh, a lot of times it comes from my own thoughts from the past and like Mm. what I've dealt with and I just kind of put it out there and uh I mean that's what my whole content has been based around is putting it out there and um without any expectation of anyone resonating with it with it and uh, the feedback I've gotten was amazing. And more people have similar problems or, uh, you know, uh, thoughts and uh, obstacles that they face on a daily basis, the same ones that I did and still do. So 
that's really where it comes from it'll it'll hit me at random places um but a lot of times on like the my daily runs or past experiences yeah man do you do you listen to music when you run or do you just kind of let your mind run not anymore no uh i don't listen to anything i don't have my phone on me no headphones anything like that just me and and my my thoughts yeah man i started i messed up my knee so i'll be getting surgery here in a little bit but i started that habit kind of ending my my work day with running without headphones and i felt a huge increase in my mental health because i mean dude that's that's when you have the best thoughts is when your endorphins are up when you the only thing you can focus on is um is running and breathing and the environment that you're in right the the things that god has made and man those are those are the best times that's why i asked because i um for me that's when i thought that my best thinking came yeah um i for for a long time um i ran with i was only able to run with headphones and music and um that was because i initially for years hated running i didn't truly enjoy it i did it for you know the cardiovascular uh benefits or whatever whatever it may be um and then i started you know really getting into it more but i just truly i truly couldn't enjoy it for whatever reason mm-hmm. it is i mean it's hard it's not easy you know and um it sucks i i, I don't like i don't love it but I'll, yeah I'll start it, to, yeah it, it's true it's tough it's yeah. uh so like i would use that as my motivator so i'd have a running playlist and and don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with that I, people think like i i criticize as if it's you're doing something wrong you're not this is my personal preference but i had like a running playlist with music that amped me up problem is when when that music's not there and and it's not there to motivate you and inspire you and get you amped up to go run what are you going to do so like days maybe my phone died or my headphones weren't working or the weather was horrible and you really can't you can't bring a phone out whatever because it's going to get wet i wouldn't run or if i didn't have my headphones i wouldn't run and then um i ran my first marathon and this this was like where I drew the line. Um, it was a, I got my my ass kicked on in the marathon for twenty six. Well, mostly mostly twenty six miles, but like the last six were brutal. Um, and at the beginning of the marathon, for some reason, my playlist just kept repeating the same four songs on it. Oh, so yeah, so for the entire time I had to and and it was a, on an arm strap on my arm, and I didn't want to have to take the time take it off, take it out of the thing, go through the playlist and fix it. So I just left it. So I was listening to the same four songs and I was like, this is a problem. Like I, I can't, I need to get used to not running with music and not using this as a motivator. So then like the start of the prep after that, I kind of was just like, I'm not running with music at all. And I, at first it was like a big adjustment because you are listening to your breathing, you know, you're, you're thinking more and you have to kind of channel your energy to like, stay focused, don't psych yourself out. And then you really, you really get in touch with like that inner voice. That's like telling you to quit when you really shouldn't. And, uh, you got to learn to fight it. So it's an, it's an adjustment at first, but now if I think about even like, Oh, let me bring something for a podcast or maybe some music. I don't think I can do it anymore. It's just not, it's not like something I need for sure. Yeah. And I'm a big, 
I'm a big fan of habit stacking. And for me, it's a form of mindfulness. So when I'm, when I, I it's hard for me to lift weights without music because I don't necessarily enjoy it that much. So when I, when I lift weights, I'll listen to music, but when I would run and when I will run again, like I, I found this as a time of, um, of mindfulness and to practice gratitude and, and focusing on the things around you. So for listeners, um, give it a shot. Try, try leaving the headphones and your phone at home and just, you know, enjoy the environment that you're in. And we'll get into kind of some, some different habits later, but you know, kind of going off of this, you know, this intellectual side of you, you know, this piece that's, I can tell you're, you're in touch with, um, you know, your emotions and your, your kind of inner being. We'll, we'll ask a deeper question now. How would you define vulnerability and what that means to you? Because I see a lot of it through your content. Yeah. Um, so vulnerability in, in this aspect, I would, I would define it kind of as like the sacrifice of your comfort and your ego, um, and allowing yourself to kind of be more trying to think of the word more out there, I guess. Um, so what I mean by that is you're, you're putting aside like that tough guy image that some people might put up and um your ego to show like that you fail and you struggle things along those lines and uh i saw something the other day that uh true intimacy demands vulnerability and it's the truth you know and you want to if you want to speak with someone on any like deep level you got to be vulnerable if you're putting up that wall all the time of like nothing can bother me i'm fine this and that it's it's you're just you're never gonna connect with someone you need to express your true feelings and by being vulnerable you're showing others that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to feel those ways you know that you're not always okay that you're you do struggle that you are sad you you know you have you're no different than anybody else and it shows people that's okay but my message is, yes, you may feel those ways. You may go through those hard times. You may struggle on a daily basis, but what are you going to do about it? You, you can't sit, you can't sit and wallow in it. And I have in the past and you get nowhere. Your best bet is to focus every single day on bettering yourself. And from that, those struggles are less likely to hold you back and then going forward all those struggles and and uh bouts of adversity that you'll face are gonna impact you a lot less than they would have had you never started to to um face them and get past them but it all starts with addressing them and understanding that you have them and that it's normal and it's okay so that to me that's that's what being vulnerable is yeah, man, that's a that's a great definition, and it sounds like one that you've had to relate to in your own life. And I find that you know, with with these with anyone, but especially like Type A guys, right? Athletes, veterans, people who are um, you know high performing, right? We all have this ego, right? And we have to take off that mask in order to break out of and become the person that 
that we want to become and, and that we need to become. And like you said, it's every single day taking steps and doing the uncomfortable thing, right? Being vulnerable, looking within and saying, where can I improve? Where can I ask for help? How can I get better? Those are the kind of questions you have to ask yourself. And if you have an ego and you know, you're not allowing those things to be seen, then, then you won't become the protector. You won't become the athlete. You won't become um, the man or you won't become the mother or whoever it is that, that you're meant to become. Yeah, exactly. I relate a lot of things to running um, in particular. Uh, this goes hand in hand. Like if you, it's an everyday thing. It's not something you're going to do one day and then that's it. You're good. You're good to go. Just like running. If you, you run every day, you run a little bit every single day, a few miles here and there, easy pace. You're building up that base over time. You're going to get faster. You're going to get better. It's going to become easier to you. You're training for that, that marathon, let's say. That 26.2, when you get there, it's a long, tough journey. But because every single day you worked on it, worked on it, built up your fitness, it's not going to be as bad as if you just one day ran, you know, 10 miles and then you didn't do it for a week. And then next week you ran five miles. It's like your fitness is going to decline. It's something you have to work at consistently every single day. And you'll see that you become better because of it, but you can't just expect to every now and then work on it or when you feel like it or when you're motivated, you got to just constantly strive to better yourself. hundred percent. It's the same exact thing with your mental health. And, you know, just in my own life, I started the practice of, of cold exposure, right? Because of the things that it, it does for, for resiliency and um, your hormones and just, you know, all these different types of of things for your mental health and what i realized is like when i was very consistent with that and i would do it each and every day i saw dramatic increases in my mental health same thing with you right if you go out and you run if you run 10 miles and then you stop for a week and you go out and run five miles that's significantly harder and what i found is when i stopped doing the cold exposure those stresses and or like meditation or mindfulness when i stopped doing those things then the stressors in my life had a lot bigger impact on me and you start to swap you start to spiral again right and you have to take a step back and say okay what did i what changed right what was i doing yeah. that, that i stopped doing and it's like when you look at that and it's like okay well i stopped meditating or um you know i stopped being consistent with my diet or my training plan when all that starts to fall off and everything else spirals so you have to be disciplined and consistent to get out of whatever rut that you're in dude yeah 100 percent. um i just came off uh, like a two month hiatus of not running because of uh, <clears throat> my stress fracture in my tibia from I had like it was my third marathon prep back to back and back to back to back and uh, I guess just the repetitiveness whatever overuse wound up happening and the doctor was like yep yeah, you got to pull from I was like two weeks out from New York City marathon my doctor was like yep yeah, you got to pull out and um, now. You can't run for two months or however long it's anywhere from like six to 12 weeks depending on the severity um so for two months i wasn't running i was still working out i was doing what i can you know but i noticed that like i was overthinking more i was getting more mm -hmm. more like those bouts of worry and worrying about things that i can't control whereas when i wasn't not running when i was running every single day and and like everything was normal 
I had those under control. It was just like, I, I can't explain it, but like, I knew no, dude, I just I, felt I, off and you just hit it nail on the head. Like I was like, I need to get back on that discipline of everything. I couldn't wait to get back strictly for the mental benefits of it. Dude, I'm, I'm in that point right now because of my knee and I just had started the habit of running and I like, I make like crazy ridiculous goals. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna run 38 miles. I had no idea what that even meant. At some point, I will run it, but like, I, one day I will. But like, obviously, should probably start with, you know, a marathon and stuff like that. But, um, so like, I had this goal in my mind, right? And so I, I started getting really in, really into running, and then, um, so I had completed the. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but I did the 38 challenge for 38 days straight. So like, just yeah. which I learned so much about discipline and grit and resilience. And I also learned that like, it was a horrible idea because uh, on my body, on my mind, it was great on my body, like completely turned my knees into dust. And like, I was a mess. It did it. Um, but then that led me to having basically no cartridge in my left knee, which led to me touring my meniscus. And so I'm waiting on, uh, to get surgery for that. But these past, like, you know, month that's I'm the spot that you were at without running like i'm in that spot now and i'm finding different ways to try to um you know make adjustments right that's why i introduced cold plunging that's why i'm focusing on mindfulness and meditation because when you when you know life deals you these circumstances you have to find ways to continue to to take steps you know for yourself but i know exactly that feeling because i'm literally in it right now and i can't wait till once I'm healed, bro, like it's, it is, um, it, 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 <laughs> I feel it, you, man. Dude, it is feet to the table, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Just, uh, keep your head up and, and do, do what you can do. You know, that's, that's all you can't like, there's nothing, unfortunately you could do about this except wait, but that a lot of people take that, that as an excuse to just literally just wait instead, do what, without whatever you're capable of. If you can't do anything lower body, then work that upper body do whatever you can yes sir yeah we've been uh we've been uh hitting the assault bike hard lately so there you go (laughs) so and you know we'll get into the lessons you've learned from marathon running and you know all, all the things you've done athletically and just lessons you've learned for your life before we do that um man why don't we get a little vulnerable and why don't you tell us Kind of where these as you mentioned earlier these thoughts of your past come from why don't you tell us about the darkest moment of of your life yeah so um i mean i've had my share of uh adversity in life but i always like to revert back to like the first the first like life-changing per se uh event and it was definitely when uh my parents got divorced when i was young um it kind of turned my my life upside down from what i knew and i was also at an age i was like 12 13 and at that age you're old enough to understand what's going on like in in the fact that your parents aren't together but you're not old enough to understand what's truly going on like the details of everything so you kind of just seeing everything fall apart and uh, you don't know why, and you're too young to really understand. Um, so yeah, my parents, they got divorced and my dad moved out. So now I'm kind of, you know, questioning why the hell that's happening. Um, you, you wind up like looking around, seeing other, like things are changing, obviously, like 
you got to split time with your parents and uh, holidays are, are different. And, and you look around and you see people with like these families, everything always looks good from the outside looking in, obviously you don't know everybody's story, but just seeing kids like I'm, I'm around, like their families seem happy and together and they're spending holidays together. And me, I'm, I'm half the time with my mom, half the time with my dad. And, uh, you know, uh, my dad was in an apartment. So a lot of time I was sleeping on a couch and I just tried to, I, a lot of, a lot of times when kids are young and their parents get divorced, um, they, uh, try to like pick sides. Usually they side with one or the other and they'll most likely stay with that parent more. Me, I was like, all right, whatever happened, happened. Um, I'm going to maintain a relationship with both my parents as best as I possibly can. And uh, so I did. I would spend time with my mom, my dad. I would go to, I would stay in his, you know, his apartment, whatever. And uh, our connection was, he was my boxing trainer. So I was going to the, the gym with him. He was training me in boxing. And uh, yeah, it was, it was tough. I, for them, I kind of acted like I was okay. But, you know, deep down, I, I had like a, a beef with the world, I guess. I was kind of pissed, angry, um, you know, acting out as a little kid, doing stupid things, hanging around people that I probably shouldn't have. And uh, yeah, that that definitely uh, it, it affected me for a few years mentally, not even so much the divorce it was the the process like after when they start going through like custody battles and things of that nature because that's where like they're really fighting and it was just like you know i was young um like i said 12 13 and went on till maybe i was like 16 before things like calmed down and was going out early and i would stay out late because i just didn't want to go home and see and hear about it or see my parents fight or what what happened in court today when they went and like, it was, it was stressful at a, at a young age. And, uh, you're not really conditioned at that age to, to handle it, um, or be exposed to it. So it was definitely, uh, a tough, a tough bout to deal with at that point. Yeah, man. Well, I didn't know we we're going to go down this route today. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, my parents got divorced when I was 12 years old as well. Um, and to this day, I think it's the thing that I probably don't talk about the most, right? Like, like that is the thing I'm probably least vulnerable about for a couple of reasons for, you know, my parents' privacy, but also just cause I haven't dealt with, I think the the trauma from, from all of that. Right. And I think, yeah. I think that vulnerability is not like getting on social media and like, you know, just like, problem spewing and like talking about everything that's not what vulnerability is right vulnerability is you actively taking um a look at what's going on inside of you and then having the strength to ask for help and to work through those issues and like for me still man like that those are the things that that i deal with as well and i just remember the same thing like being being 12 years old you know i remember um locking myself in in bathrooms right like crying my eyes out man like not all the fighting and and all that stuff it's it's really hard for someone at that age to go through and i think that a lot of people carry on that that trauma and that 
experience from the past because they were so young they didn't know how to deal with it and it continues to affect them throughout their life do you do you feel like you've been able to address it later in your life and if so like how um how are you able to kind of deal with with those emotions and and that experience um yeah uh things things are are uh like good now you know um they were like i said for a few years it wasn't everything obviously at this point is is uh calmed down i i don't it's it's something i really never thought about i don't know if i ever addressed them um i kind of got to the point where i got used to it i guess and and um like it doesn't it's not something that that i i shy away from um I don't know how it affected me. Maybe that that maybe it affected me in the sense of why I was had like such confidence. I I I don't know what the correlation would be. Maybe that's why I had. I don't either. Such, I'm trying to figure it out. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> so maybe I try to think about it a lot. Like, is that why I was so unconfident when I was a kid? Why I was like I had no self discipline. I don't know. I I couldn't. I really couldn't tell you. Um, as far as like the act, like the actual, um, situation about it at this point, it's, I'm used to it. Um, yeah, of course. everything, everything is good. So it's not something that I'm, I shy away from where like, I won't address it. I just don't know personally how it affected me, um, emotionally because I, I, back then I was holding in my emotions, you know, like you said, I was, I was, I remember I would sit at the top of the stairs and like, listen down when they were when I was supposed to be sleeping, but they were fighting downstairs and and it was just like it was heartbreaking at that time. But then going in front of my parents and acting like I'm fine or then I'm going to school and I'm acting like I'm fine. But I was lucky enough a uh, group I group of kids I grew up with that I was hanging around with at that time. Everybody uh, pretty much had similar similar home issues, uh, like with parents getting divorced or anything along those lines. So we were kind of able to be each other's support system in that sense. And um, yeah, that's why I was a lot of time I was spending not home. I was hanging out with my friends and and like we we kind of helped each other through that in a sense, I guess, you know. Right, man. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm not a divorce expert, nor am I a therapist. So I don't know any of the answer to these questions. But I think for anyone listening, um, you know, most of our audiences is, is is middle-aged but if you're going through a divorce or if you are a kid whose parents are going through a divorce it is i think it it's kind of like normalized in society now because it is a pretty normal yeah. thing but it's not it's like when you are when you are a child and you are in the middle of your parents separating like one it grows you up very fast and two like it is you for most people i've talked to with divorce like you try to hide a lot of the things that you're going through that's exactly what i did and what i still do and what i would challenge people to do is to be vulnerable right it's okay to talk about it and to have uncomfortable conversations with both parents because you you matter and and they care about you equally um but just the unfortunate circumstances is sometimes it gets messy so i definitely i definitely relate to that man so you talk about kind of and a lot of the things that you say, you talk about this like past version of you and then this this version of you now, right? 
when did when did all that change right when did i guess the the old frankie um when did you say goodbye to the old frankie and and into the new one and what did that whole journey look like so yeah so i mean just to get a little backstory like a background um yeah so i grew up in staten island um staten island new york small island one of the five boroughs of the city everybody knows each other everybody does the same thing um yeah i grew up with that group of friends that i was just speaking about and we were uh we were like never the type that was going to like house parties and things like that we were like sports kids and you know good kids for the most part um but i at that age kind of was like i was not obese but i was not in shape although i was playing sports i was boxing i played football basketball and i had talent in all of them um and i probably could have done something even if it was like you know go to college and play even d3 whatever i could have done something with them but i had a serious self-confidence issue um i psyched myself out of everything everyone was better than me in my eyes everyone would beat me in my eyes um i just kind of ate whatever i wanted um i was on the heavier side and i always looked at like my my friends that i was around at that time they were all like we were young but like they were like they had abs when we were that young and like they were in good shape and then there was always me i just felt like fat and and out of shape and to me it was like oh well that's my genetics and i'll always be that way there's nothing i could do about it and like confidence like never thought a girl would be interested in me so it was like that was out of the question i just literally no nothing positive I had to say about myself everything was an excuse and i believed every single one of them um yeah that pretty much lasted throughout college i i was you know went to college gained freshman 30 yeah. <laughs> um cafeteria food uh-huh. uh, same thing just you know never just lazy at that point i was just lazy sleeping late staying up late um and then by like the end of my senior year around that yeah probably senior year i i started to like take fitness a little bit more serious and like learned mind you i was also lifting working out since i was like about 13 i joined my first gym i was always in the gym or i was always playing a sport but Mm -hmm. problem was i had no knowledge of nutrition or anything like that i just didn't know anything so when I was old enough, you know, junior, senior in college, I uh, uh, did some research on my own, learned a little bit and uh, started to apply it to my life. I started to get into better shape, you know, um, wasn't wasn't uh, heavy anymore. Abs were peeking through. Um, oh, yeah. And I started to lose that weight uh, right out of college. Uh, literally the day after I graduated, I went into uh, construction union. And I always say that was probably the best thing to ever happen to me. Uh, I taught me a lot work ethic and, um, pretty much throw through a young kid into a, a man's world. And, mm-hmm. uh, you got to adapt, um, 
we could we could talk about that that experience if you want to but at that point i was losing i lost the weight now i'm 21 years old and now i'm starting to get that attention that like i wasn't getting when i was a kid you know i'm 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 in better shape i'm not fat and now it's like i, I could go out to the bars because i'm i'm of age or whatever so instead of taking the confidence that I got from losing my weight, losing weight and getting a little bit in better shape and like, you know, going off that, I took the other path and I was like, well, now I'm going to do what everybody else does. What I'm, what I never got to do. I'm going out to the bars. I'm going to party. I want the attention from the girls. I want to be the popular kid. And now I'm out at the bars and um, I'm wasting money on bottle service and I'm getting shore houses and, and it's just like, you know, every weekend I'm living Monday through Friday just to get to Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. looking forward to the weekend. And and the week then the week would come again and it was a blur because I'm just I don't care about the week. I just want the weekend. I want to go out. And uh to me it was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I was surrounded by people that felt the same way. They were like, Oh no, like we're young early 20s this is when you live it up once you get to 30 your life is over you need to do this now need to do this now so like i was like all right well you know if i need to do this now i better better get it get it out of my system if if my life is over at 30 like and i hate think back now and i I hate that mentality that i ever had that but whatever it is what it is and i i did that for a few years and then like it it started to like dawn on me that i was like eat at you yeah. I don't I don't enjoy this. I was like it's the same thing, it's the same people, it's the same music. It's it's like and and every every morning after I'm waking up and like looking at my bank account it like hurts my heart cuz I'm like what the hell did I just spend money on like for what with with nothing to show for it. So I'm like I had to like take a real real inventory of my life and look around and be like who am I surrounding myself with and what am I doing? And where am I going to be if I continue on this path in five years, 10 years? Am I, am I going to be still doing this and living paycheck to paycheck just to look like the guy who's balling out on a, on a bottle service table? Or do I want to, at that point, be, be looking to buy a house and like property and, and make a home gym and just feel good and, and just be starting my life at that point. And I, I was like, all right, um, I don't want to be doing this when I'm 30 and 35. So I need to make a change now. And like I said, at the beginning of this, I'm from Staten Island. It's very small. Everybody is knows each other. It's 14 miles long. So everybody does the same thing. And if you're that one person that's doing something different, you stand out. Yeah. And so I think I, think I, I got a couple of thoughts just cause, um, yeah, go. well, cause I'm kind of in that, that spot now. And, a couple points is like, you know, those people who I don't, I truly don't believe like people have a lot of people have bad expectations, right. Or, 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 um, you know, like they don't have bad intentions. Those people who are like, this is what you do in your twenties. That's what they did in their twenties. And so you have to look at like their experience and that's truly what they thought that you do in your twenties. But if you know that you're meant for something else and you have dreams and things that you want to, to accomplish and you can't listen to, a person who's in a spot that you don't want to be in. Like, why would you listen to someone's advice if they say, Hey, this is what you do in your twenties. Like hear it all the time. Like live it up, enjoy it, go out. Like this is the time where, you know, you like just don't care. Don't have a worry. 
like 20s is all about ex- exploring and growing but at the same time like why would i listen to their advice if my dreams and my goals are by the time that i'm 30 i want to be not even close to where this person is why would i listen to what they are they are telling me to do in my 20s that's kind of the thing that that i think about and also it's not like a judgment on other people right like i you know i'm sure you're the same way like i don't judge people who who want to go out and and want to do that but it's like for me I have this expectation for myself and I know that I'm destined for, for greater things and better things. So you have to give that stuff up if you want to achieve the thing. You have to sacrifice something if you want to become the person that, that you know you're meant to be. Yeah. Um, I was literally just about to say something very similar. So that's the thing is I don't, I still, I don't judge anybody. A lot of the people that I used to be around still doing the same thing and do do your thing you know if that's there's nothing wrong with that i mean if that's how you want to live go for it i'm not i don't look down upon you but when i when i decided to change and like now i started turning down plans and and spending my saturday mornings in the gym or my mornings in the gym and i'm posting about it and people judged me i never was it's not like you know what i mean like they would be they would people would message me and be like yo, you're posting too much fitness stuff or make a fitness account. I'm like, do I slide in your DMs when you're posting pictures of of green tea shots at the bar and and say like, yo, you're posting too much alcohol, like make a separate account. It just, it it was like kind of weird to me. I was like, are they really like, people are really judging me for this. And like, it got to a point where there were people I know that like made like mock posts about me like copying like copying what i do like with like deadlifting or something like that and writing like am i an influencer now like something like that like really like coming at me and uh it was it was uh it was like disheartening at the time and i it it almost stopped me in my tracks from like continuing because like I started to, it gets lonely, man. It, it, it was like, no one's hit me up anymore. Those kids that I thought were my friends weren't, I'm not getting texts anymore. I'm not getting invited anywhere anymore. Um, my my uh, DMs are getting swarmed with people making fun of me. So I was like, I'm not going to post. Like, this is embarrassing. And every time I would go to post something, I would think about it, backspace. I would not post it. and And it was just like, eventually you had to be like you know what i don't care what anybody says i'm posting how i want when i want and i did it and continued continued to push through that pushback because i just stopped caring and uh i'm so happy i did because i lost a ton of people that i considered friends along the way but i've connected with like-minded goal-oriented people that i never would have expected like yourself you know like had i not mean you would not be having this conversation and i'd probably be in the same position i was a few years ago so i'm yep, yeah, so man. happy that i pushed through that and i got a couple questions for you because yeah like dealing with slash have dealt dealt with them um you know i think for me a lot of the times my anxiety and my depression and like when I get in ruts is because I am doing things that I know are taking away from the person who I want to become right there's this there's this gap between who do you who do you envision yourself to be 
and what are the actions that you're doing and do they align, right? And if they do not align, then that a lot of the times is what is leading to anxiety, leading to depressive thoughts and then going into a depression, into a rut. Have you ever experienced a time like that in your life where it was like, like you kind of alluded to it earlier, but it starts to eat at you. Yeah. Uh, for a while when I, when I, cause it didn't, it wasn't like one day I just woke up and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm done. Like I was yeah, very, it doesn't work I was, like that. Yeah. no, I was very scared of one FOMO fear of missing out. I was like, I'm going to miss out on thing. Like, cause it's still in my head. It was still in my head. Like, this is what I have to do. Am I going to regret like not missing out? And then I was still had the fear of what people were going to say and think about me. So like I was living a life to please other people, but deep down I was like, I don't want to do Like, I don't want to be here right now. And like, it just like, I just felt so unfulfilled and it's depressing and it brings you down. And yeah, it, it, once I, once I stopped and like got past, cause it wasn't an issue. It wasn't right away either where like I automatically felt better. I got past that fear of missing out and like got past the care of worrying about what people think about me is when I started to like, all right, now, now I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, it just kind of aligned naturally, you know? Right. Is there like a specific moment or like a kind of like a rock bottom during that time where you were just like, I can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Is there a specific moment that you can remember? Yeah. I mean, not in particular, like that I could think of off the bat, but like, a, like the circumstances, like, I just know that I was, I was like, it got to the point where I was just running up my credit card. Um, I was like waking up just feeling horrible. Like how, how, because of like just alcohol does that to you. And like, mm-hmm. Like I just, I looked in the mirror and I started like, I just, I was, you could tell like I was out of shape. Like I was starting to let myself go more. And like, it just, it didn't like you're sitting in bed for the, like, let's say you go out Friday night, I'm in bed for Saturday, Sunday. Cause like, because of Friday night, cause like, you're just so unproductive. I just felt horrible. I just felt horrible about myself and just something deep down inside of me, like knew you i'm meant to be doing something else so it wasn't a specific moment like where it snapped to me it was just like the circumstances that i was in i was like my finance like nothing about me was was right i mean i had a good uh, i was in the union work in construction had a good job but i was blowing all my money physical i looked i looked like crap and i felt like crap and my mental state was just just living for the weekend and it was like that's no way to live. Like you, how long is that? It's not sustainable. How long am I going to be able to do that? I want to get my life going. And I, you got to, when you start to look in the future, it's like, if I stay on this track, I'm not, I'm never going to be any like success. Success is out of the question. I'm not going to buy a house. I'm not going to have a car. I'm not going to, at that point, even if you want to start a family and I start a family and I see because there's people that I was around who were at the age that I'm speaking of now, like 30, even 35. And I was around them and I'd see them and like, it would kind of be like, is that really what I want to be doing? You know, when I'm, when I'm of that age and you have to have a real uh, accountability lesson with yourself and, and take that inventory and just 
execute on it because it's it's important because if you don't act it'll flash before your eyes and you'll be that person when you're when you're 30 35 years old who's still living in the night scene and trying to you know look like the baller but living paycheck to paycheck running up your credit card in debt like it's just it's not a way to live yeah man how long did you know the feelings of fomo and loneliness how long did that last for um well fomo i would say uh i got over that i would say like maybe six months took it took like where i just kind of was like got because like people would still hit me up at first like not everybody just kind of dropped me right away like the people that i used to go out with um they would still like text me to go out or whatever and and like it would I'd say no and like it would kind of eat at me like should I go should I just go and like I was like no 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 so it took like a few months for that to subside uh the loneliness it, that that comes and goes till this day you know when you're when it, like especially like summertime comes around and everything like that and like I remember this past summer I'm I'm Saturday mornings I'm going for for long runs because I'm thinking of my marathon coming up like training for my goals and and in the summer people are on a nice Saturday morning people are you know down at the beach whatever they're doing so like it's not it's not like ideal and another thing is my two best friends who I would run with and basically we're like we just our minds are the same I I was like they were always there with me. We we relate on so much things, so so much of the same goals. They left for the army, and um, they're gone now. They left. One left in July. One left in August. So that I didn't feel as alone when I had them around because, like, I just I was always with them, and it was like normal because we think the same way. But they both left uh, to go pursue some great things in the army that they have goals for which i respect but now you know that bout of loneliness comes around because like i don't have them to hit up like for my saturday long run or you know let's go to the gym or whatever we're gonna do because they're gone and and it's i don't really have many people in my my direct vicinity that are on the same mindset like level as me and i'm not saying i'm higher or lower than anybody i'm saying my mindset is a lot different than people from where I am. And uh, unfortunately, there's not anyone that I can always call. There's a few that are around every now and then that I that I could hit up, but like not like they were. So the loneliness comes and goes. You just need to keep your mind on, on your goals and where you want to be. And unfortunately, everybody that is like-minded that I grew close with, they are not a you know, 20 minute drive away. A lot of them live in different states. So we get together when we can. And uh, when I'm alone, I just need to know that I'm on the right path for me. And that's it. I'm not living for anybody else. And and this loneliness will pass. Um, At some point, you will connect with people who have that same mindset as you. And if you you just trust the process, it happens naturally. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard... uh... I forgot who said it um, or where I heard it, but, you know, when you start to make the change that you did, right, and you are turning into, you know, because people always say it's lonely at the top, 
but it's lonely in that kind of middle part, right? Because you're with people. And then when you start to separate from them, like, I think that's the spot that you're at now. It's like, there's not a lot of people who are chasing the same things that you are because you're not at your goals yet. And then once you achieve those goals, then you're at, when you're at the top and that's, that's when it becomes not lonely anymore because there's people who are around you who are at that same, you know, top percent. And now those are the people who you're hanging out with. Those are the people who, who who you're relating with. And I I know that I will, um, have those. And I do have those same thoughts because, um, and the, the goals that I have and the, the dreams that I have for myself, like it, it definitely becomes lonely um, and you just have to realize like there's, it's not lonely at the top. It's lonely right before you get there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in this, it's, it's, it's like a, it's not, I don't look at it as a negative that Mm. I'm not, you know, I don't have a million people uh, calling me to go out somewhere because I, I know I learned that they, they weren't my true friends, obviously, because once I stopped benefiting them, they weren't around anymore. So I really took, I've been taking this time um, in these past couple of years. Uh, I've spent, I, I feel like it's more important to spend more time with like family. Um, and I've, I've priorita- prioritized that over anything. And I have no, no complaints. Um, I enjoy it. And I think that's the most important uh, part is, you know, surround yourself with a good support system people that love you and it, it just you, you won't those feelings of loneliness won't uh you know overcome you you right. won't feel so so alone if you're hanging out with your family and uh and tell them you know talk to your family about your goals and things like that and and they support you you see that they support you and that's that's who really matters and that's who you should spend your time with right 100 percent, man um and so you know as you were kind of transforming into this person and, and, and continuing to, what has that, what does that journey looks like? Um, what are things that, that you've learned along the way? Um, along like what, uh, like, yeah. So just like, you know, as you're transforming from this past Frankie into this new, this new person, like what did that transformation oh. get to, yeah, begin to yeah. look like? Um, I definitely started to hold myself accountable more um, for my actions uh, and excuses. I I catch myself like like I said earlier. I used I had every excuse and I believed every single one of them. I now know that it's false. Um, I prove that to myself pretty much every day by doing something that I perceive as hard. Um, whether it's a run, it's a lift, it's cold plunge whatever it is um but most importantly i set goals for myself now that i never used to do i never used to set any type of physical goal to show what i'm capable of but this past almost two years now is that's all i've been doing is achieving a goal what's next achieving a goal what's next achieving a goal what's next and uh so I definitely learned to, um, that I, I definitely learned through this journey of from the old me to now that I'm more capable of what I tell myself or what I used to tell myself. And that voice still comes every now and then. 
um but i'm on a constant journey to show that it's not true and i haven't i haven't shown myself what my true potential is yet and i plan to continue to um pursue different goals that will push me physically and mentally and uh you know god willing that i stay healthy um so i learned that uh i learned work ethic over the years uh how to be reliable in work um just really overall growing as a person uh, i was very very irresponsible very lazy very undisciplined and i recognize that now i never used to accept it i would deny it and i recognize how i was and now it's like priorities of mine on a daily basis to make sure that i'm not living that way so i'm up early i'm not sleeping late anymore i'm not going to sleep late anymore i'm everything i have to be at whether it's work or some event whatever it is i'm early i'm earlier than i have to be because i believe that if you're not early you're late so if if you have to be there at seven i'm getting there at six six thirty the latest if you get there at seven you're late um just small lessons that things that i never used to think about that now i do and i feel makes me more of a more of a dependable person for myself and for those that i am around and love yeah man so you mentioned you're setting these hard goals and you're you've set hard goals and you've accomplished them. What's the what is the the proudest moment or the hardest goal that you've hit so far? Uh, um, that's that's a tough one. So last year, I did I did my first half marathon. I did right after that. I went into a bodybuilding prep, which I've never done a bodybuilding prep before, and direct especially directly from uh half marathon which are two separate things mm -hmm. after the bot bodybuilding show i wound up coming first place in my class first show i ever did um i went directly into my first marathon prep and i only had nine weeks to train for this marathon considering it was my first marathon it's not smart i trained myself that's also not smart um also coming off of the bodybuilding prep completely depleted yeah I was gonna say uh yeah so like it, it was just it was a perfect storm and it was not smart but i i had my goal my eyes set on this goal and it was also the bpn marathon and i didn't want to miss that so it just so happened i had nine weeks i was like all right i'm gonna train however i can to do it and i'll get it done uh, i went there it was in the back hill hill country roads of texas with on my garmin it said 700 feet of elevation gain and loss with 20 mile per hour headwinds so it was not ideal conditions for your first marathon let alone any marathon that you're looking to make a significant pace or time on so i ran it like i said with only nine weeks of training um it was going well uh the problem is i two days leading up to it, you're supposed to hydrate. So I chugged gallons of water without sodium, not realizing that it was flushing out my electrolyte system. Um, so that leads me into what happened during the race. So I'm running the first 20 miles. It felt 
you know, I felt it was, it was tough. It was hilly as hell, but I was like, I was on pace. I wanted sub four hours and I was on pace for about a 350. And at like 19.5, my quad started twitching and I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I never recognized that even during training. So I'm trying to rub it out. It goes away. Mile 20 comes. Now it's like back twitching again. And about 20.5, I go to take a step and my leg completely seized up and I fell to the ground because I couldn't bend my leg and it was convulsing like this, my quad. It looked like there was an alien in my leg and it was painfully convulsing. So I'm like rolling on the floor. Mind you, this was a private marathon. So there weren't thousands of people around. I was in the back, I was on a back road by myself, a mile in between two aid stations. So I'm like laying there and I'm like, I, in my mind is like telling me quit next aid station, go just quit. Like let them pick you up, drive you back. And I wanted to so bad, but I was like, I'm getting up. I'm finishing this marathon. I have six miles left. So I somehow get my leg to bend. I stand up and I start limping, like kind of like jogging sort of, but I couldn't bend my leg. And that last six miles was the the hilliest. Uh, it was the worst part. And I'm hitting every hill and my leg is just locked up in pain. Mm. And then the left one starts. So now that one's convulsing. So basically, I just limped across the finish line. I wound up making it all the way there. That last six miles, I wanted to quit every single step of the way. I was so angry and disappointed in myself. Uh, across the finish line, I had to be carried to like a chair to go sit down because I couldn't bend my legs. And uh, I finished in like four hours and 19 minutes. Uh, shortly, four months to the day, I ran Buffalo, New York marathon and I PR'd by 42 minutes. I finished three hours and 37 minutes. And I owe that to my failure in Texas because that marathon taught me more about myself than I could have even ima- imagined. It told me lessons about how to run and how to properly fuel, hydrate, and train. And it also taught me what I can overcome in like the most painful state that I can imagine because it was brutally painful. And every step of the way, I wanted to quit. And I just kept speaking out loud saying like we're not done we're making it across the finish line we're not done we're not done like you had i just had to constantly positively self-talk myself 6.2 miles on hilly roads where i could barely walk and uh that that showed me like nothing is too hard for me and my limits weren't there so now i'm gonna find i'm gonna keep searching for those limits that i spoke about earlier yeah man how did you feel good when you crossed the finish line? Like not, I didn't. At not, f- not physically, but like mentally. No, no. At first really? I didn't. I was so, I was embarrassed to myself. I was, I was disappointed. Um, cause I thought I was going to do well late. It didn't, it wasn't until like a few days later that like mentally I looked back and I was like, all right, I, I got to give myself some credit there. And like, now I just need to go back to the drawing board and, and set another goal and redeem myself. And, uh, I did. So initially, no, I was very disappointed. I didn't even want to, I didn't even want like the, the, to see my time, like nothing. I was so angry, but I got over it. That was ego speaking. 
I, I love the picture that, that draws though, because I mean, dude, that's what this life can feel like sometimes, right? Like you are in pain, like you are just focusing on the next step, the next step, both your legs are compulsing, right? Like you, you're like, I cannot do this, but you just continue to push forward past the finish line. And then once you do that, once you pass the finish line, that's when you become the person that you're meant to be, right? The one who's knocking out a marathon and, and, and three and a half hours, right? Who's P, who's, who's PRing, right? And then who understands that his mind is the only one who's telling him his capabilities. And that's exactly what that marathon taught you. And it's the same thing for people who, who are de- feeling with, you know, thoughts of depression and anxiety and, you know, suicidal ideation right now. It's like, it's painful, man. And you are limping and you might see the finish line. You might <clears throat> not, but you have to talk positively to yourself, right? You have to have people there to push you and just keep taking that next step because beyond that pain is the best version of yourself, which you were able to find. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, one thing, I mean, people who are struggling can use this too. use this in life, use this in running, use this anything, but I'm going to revert it to running, especially during that marathon. Um, one thing that I always say is you're, you could have goals, make big goals, but most importantly, make small goals to help you get to that big goal. So let's speak in terms of that marathon. My, my goal was to hit 26.2 and how am I going to get there? I'm not just going to fly to 26 miles. So I'm limping. I had 6.2 miles to go. If I sit there and if I, if you saw how slow I was limping, like that six miles seemed like a very long time. So how am I going to look at that last six without overwhelming myself, knowing that it's going to be hard, it's going to be hilly, it's going to be painful. How am I not going to overwhelm myself? Because if I sat there and thought I still have six miles to go of this, then I'm, I would have quit. So the way you break that down is I'm running. I look ahead of me. I see a tree. I'm going to make it to that tree. You get to the tree. Now, all right, I got to the tree. Now I'm going to get to that that fire hydrant. And you get to the fire hydrant. You keep doing that. Small little, small little goals that will get you to that big goal. So the way you can relate that to life is you have a big goal. You want to be something, whatever it is. You want to open a business. You want to, you just know where you want to be. Don't look at that goal because like own like keep it in the back of your mind but don't look at that every day because it's not going to be easy to get there it's going to be far it's going to be the the path ahead won't be straight it'll be curved hilly bumpy and you will stop and there'll be roadblocks and if you let that deter you and take another path you'll never get there so you need to set small goals for yourself and the way you do that is by setting goals for yourself every single day i call them non-negotiables what do you what is non-negotiable that you're going to do every single day, no matter what, you're going to wake up early. You're going to stay up later and get it done. If you're training for a marathon, you're going to wake up, you're going to run first thing in the morning before you do anything else. If you want to write a book, what are you going to do? First thing you're going to do in the morning is write a page. You want to learn something. First thing you're going to do in the morning is read something to research, whatever you want to learn. Just the list goes on, but that's your non-negotiable. Every single day, small habits will lead to big dreams. 
consistency compounds over time. Hmm. I love that, man. Yeah, I'm, and when you don't set those non-negotiables in those in those things that you know you need to get done and just looking at the next day, then that's when life becomes very overwhelming. And I felt that in my own life a lot. So when you yeah. look at all these different options and all these different opportunities and you think, I have this goal, but it, is it even possible that I get there? It's like, dude, if you, let's say you have this, you know, this rainbow out in the distance you're trying to get to, if you just put your head down and you look at the next step, like you will run into it at some point, like you will run into whatever that it is. So just put your head down, take the next step that you can see, have those non-negotiables and you will be so much further in this life than you ever could have possibly dreamed. And you will achieve those goals. It's just as a matter of time and, and consistency. Um, do you have, what, what are some goals that you've set for, for this year to continue to push back the back? push past the boundaries you thought were possible um right now i haven't announced my next uh race yet but okay. so we'll i <laughs> yeah i won't i mean that, that everybody knows that's on the that's on the agenda just expect something in the spring my overall goal for that in marathon running is i would like to hit a sub three marathon which coming from someone who was never able to run a marathon a marathon ever able to run a mile without stopping um to me that seems it's like unachievable for myself but i'm gonna prove that i can do it after that i want to get into the ultra space so but i don't like to look too far ahead so right now it's this race that i have planned in the near future and hoping i'm still slowly getting back after this injury hoping that i don't um re-injure myself but i learned from that setback so i'm taking those lessons and i'm gonna apply it this time going forward and hopefully we could uh hit that goal oh yeah man as we begin to wrap up what is what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone in their early 20s or you would go and give back to to your old self um I guess for both for myself and for anybody in their early twenties, be, be the person that you look up to be the person that that person looked up to. So when you were in your early twenties, teens, whatever it is. And like, for me, when I was that age, be out, I try to be the person that I was looking up to at that age, the person that I needed when times were hard and, seemed unbearable and that I wasn't going to get through it aim to be that person and the way you do that is to become the best version of yourself every day so strive to be better like if you're in your early 20s right now look at who who you want to be in 10 years from now 15 years from now and start now because if it's nowhere near what you're at right now then you need to start getting on that path because if not, you're going to waste time and look back and have regret that you never pursued what you're truly capable of. If you are on that path, it's not going to be easy. It will feel lonely at times as we talked about before, but keep it up because one day you will look back and you'll be like, I cannot believe how far I've come. So yeah, be that person. Oh yeah, man. Last question for you. 
for people who we spoke about it earlier, but if you could think of one thing that either you practice, whether that be um, you know, something you do for your mental health or one piece of advice, what would you give to someone who is in that dark, deep depression right now who, who maybe can't even see um, out of a tunnel or a next step? What advice would you give to that person? Um, yeah, that's a, it's a tough place to be. Um, you need to first be present, understand what it is that you're going through. That's making everything so dark. You need to assess and see what can you control and what do you have absolutely no control of? Tell you what you do have control of. Your mindset, your physical well-being, and how you respond to what's happening. You can't control what anyone else is doing. You can't control anything that's outside of you. So accept that they can't be controlled and see what you can do to better understand and respond to what's going on. So first step is to be present. Second step is to assess. Third step is to make changes to what you can be doing. If that starts with just the thought in your head every day and positive self-talk, just wake up every single day and say something positive. After that, make a positive action. Don't keep wallowing and, and worrying and falling more deeper into the black hole. You got to start climbing up. So start by making small changes every single day. If it's eating something better, if it's going for a walk, if it's meditating, if it's anything, start small and just let it compound over time and truly understand what is going on in your life and how you can adapt and kind of sway and change so that you can make that better. It's not going to be easy. Um, it does seem like it's undefeatable, but you will get through whatever you're going through if you want to. So you need to take those steps and just do what you can. Absolutely, man. One step at a time, being consistent, having those non-negotiables. And even though at first, like it's not, you're not going to wake up one morning and crush the workout and everything's better. But over time, once you are true to yourself and once you take those steps, then it will be a long journey, but you will be so happy that you did it. And we'll be yeah. happy too. Personal excellence is the best way of overcoming anything. And I promise you, it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Once you better yourself, you better the world around you. Oh yeah, man. Where can, cause I found inspiration from, you know, following you on, on Instagram and, and on social media, where can people find you and, and get that same sense of, of inspiration and um, motivation? Uh, most active on Instagram at Dranky Fades, D-R-A-N-K-I-E-F-A-D-E-S. And uh, I also just started a Twitter for some more inspiration if you're interested. Uh, uh, that is actually the same thing. Dranky Fades, uh, Frankie the Greek is like the username. So yeah, you can find those. That's where I'm most active uh, as of right now. And uh, reach out. I, I answer all DMs and messages as long as they're genuine. 
Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, I'm so glad that, that we connected. I'm so glad I reached out to you and we were able to have this conversation. Looking forward to uh, seeing what you crush next, man, and um, continue to inspire other people, make a difference in this world. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. It was a good conversation. Yes, sir. Peace.